Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. You're welcome. No, we're, we're excited. Listen, we're glad that you're here. Really, before you leave, uh, if you want to be part of our dinner this week, it starts this coming Wednesday night and it's going to be uh, once a month. Uh, so if you want to be part of it, it's a spaghetti dinner this week. So you need to sign up out there before you leave. It, listen, guys, it's just another opportunity to, con- to connect with someone. And I know every Wednesday night you guys come to church, you got to get home and, and get something together for food or go out to eat somewhere. Well, we're, we want to try to help uh, uh, with that process. So we're going to have dinner this Wednesday night. So we ask you guys to come and join us as we just uh, spend time together. Amen? Amen. How many guys are ready for God's word this morning? If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, starting with verse 36, then we're going to look all the way down to verse 48. I know that's a lot of verses, so just hang with me this morning. But before we get there, if you have the Bible app on your phone, you can go to the Bible app. You can go and and, uh, click on uh, more and click on events, and it will pull up all the scripture and everything that that I'll be talking about today. How many of you guys love technology? I mean, listen, here's what I've learned. Today, we have an app that will actually read the Bible to you. I mean, you don't even have to read it anymore. You just hit the button, and it just reads it to you. So listen, you can't say that you don't have time to, to get into God's Word, because if you got somebody to read the Word for you, all you got to do is just listen to it. Amen? So anyway, get God's Word in your heart, and uh, just uh, follow along with us this morning. As we dive into the, ser- uh, to the sermon that I feel like God's laid on my heart this morning. But before I get there, I want to ask you just guys a few questions this morning. Have you ever found yourself tied up in a situation or something that, that you put a lot of time into to come to find out that you just wasted a lot of time? You get tied into something, you're, or most of us, you know, you may not be like this, but you're scrolling through the internet, you're looking on websites, you're looking at social media, you're looking at people's stories and all the great things that's happening in their life, and, and you were like, man, I wish I was, my life was like that, and you're, you know, you're just bummed out, and you're just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and you, at the end of it, you realize that you've wasted like hours of your time, you're like, okay, what, where did the time go? Why in the world did I just spend an hour and a half looking at everybody's story or wondering what's going on in their life? Um, Our lives are busy. Our lives, our schedules are busy. And so we don't have any time to waste. Amen? We don't have any time to waste. And and I look at our our days that we are living in today and, and... you know, if you follow news, if you follow, know anything about scriptures, we understand that the days are getting shorter and shorter. And we don't have any time to waste, to, to do what God's called us to do, to, to step out and, and to, to, to interact with people and, and to share Jesus with, with other people. And I want to say something to you this morning about Sunday services or Wednesday night services. Anytime that you come to church, anytime you come to any kind of event at church, whether it be Sunday morning, Wednesday night, whatever it is, I want to tell you something this morning is this. You're not wasting your time. You're not wasting your time. Why? Because in those moments, whatever it is, a Valentine's dinner, a Wednesday night dinner, or a youth group, an adult service Bible study, whatever it is that's happening, you're not wasting your time. Why? Because God, in those moments, could speak into your life. 
So don't listen to me. Don't view Sundays as a waste of time. Maybe you come, maybe you visited this church before, and maybe you haven't heard anything that, that really Im- impacted your life. Listen, don't think that it was a waste of time because it wasn't. Because even if you didn't get something, or maybe you didn't feel God touch your heart in a service, there's something that you got out of the service. Amen? You Listen, you heard the word of God. You heard testimonies. You heard something that was happening in other people's lives. So it's not a waste of time for you to be here today. You're not wasting your time. Anytime you come to church, it's not a waste of time. Anytime you give your tithes to, to the church, it's not a waste. Anytime that you give your time to the church, it's not a waste. Anytime you give yourself to Jesus, it's not a waste. All of those things are not waste. It's not a wasted time. And even if we, even if we may encounter people in our, in our culture that may look at us and say things like this, why do you waste your time in going to church? Why do you give up a Sunday when you can, you know, you've been busy all week long, you've worked six days a week, why would you even go to church? Why would you even take time out of your schedule to go waste your time to go to church? Or why would you waste your time on, on doing different ministries? Why would you waste your time on, on giving your money to the church? Why would you waste your time on doing God's stuff where you don't have anything to show for it? I don't know about you, but I've met people like that. Where they question you and go, why, would, why do you waste your time? Why, why do you waste your time on going? Why do you waste your time on doing those things for God or for the church? You see, the outside world sees it as waste. But they don't understand what is happening on the inside of you. You see, they see it as waste. But you see it as worship. You see, they don't understand. They don't know why you do the things you do. They don't understand why you follow the, the things that you do. Why? Because they don't understand. All they, all they see is the outside. They don't see the inside. So the world is going to look at you and say, why are you wasting your time? But here's what I learned is this. They don't see what's happening on the inside. They don't see what's happening on the inside of me. You see, they may see it as waste, but I see it as worship. It's not a waste of my time to come here on Sunday mornings. It's not a waste of my time to get up early and read my Bible. It's not a waste of time for me to get into God's prayer time and and hang out. It's not a waste of time. Why? Because it's my worship time. It's my time to hang out with God, so it's never wasted. They don't understand what God has brought you through. They don't understand what God's brought you out of. They don't understand what God's done in your life, what God's delivered you from, or how God has changed your life. They don't see that. They don't understand that. But I know somebody who does, and that's you. You know and understand what God's done in your life, so it's never a waste of time for you to be in God's presence. Never a waste of time. Because, again, they don't know who I was before and what God's changed me into now. You see, one of the most important things that needs to happen in our life is not on the outside, but it's on the inside. You see, too many times we spend so much energy, we, sit, we spend so much time in working on the outside that we, lay, that we spend so little time working on the inside. Let me give you a scripture in Matthew chapter 23, verses 25. It says this. It says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! 
You clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but on the inside, you're full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will also be clean. And then he says in verse 27, Woe to you, teachers of the law and the Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs, which, like, uh, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside there's, you're full of dead bones, uh, or bones of a dead man, or everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. So God is concerned, listen to me this morning, God is concerned with what happens on the inside more than he is on the outside. Because when the inside gets right, when the inside makes a connection with God, then everything else will follow. You see, we want it, we want it reversed. We think about the outside first and then the inside gets clean later. But no, it's the inside first and then the outside comes later. So when God is doing something in your life, when God is speaking to you, it's never a waste of time. Because God is doing something in your life. Luke chapter 7 is our scripture that we're going to look at this morning. And the title of my sermon is this. It's not waste, it's worship. Starting with verse 36, it says this. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. And then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. And when the Pharisees heard, or when the Pharisees uh, saw what was going on, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither one of them had money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now which one of them, would, uh, which one of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus says. You, then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came to your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and she wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you how many sins have been forgiven as great uh, as, as her, excuse me, as her lo great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. And then Jesus looks at her and says these famous words, your sins are forgiven. Picture that story in your mind with me this morning as you look at this, this scripture of, as, of this woman who is unclean. She's broken. She's bruised. She's been humiliated. All these things has happened in her, in her life. But what I want you to understand something about scripture and about Jesus' ministry is this, is that he hung out with those people. He hung out with tax collectors. He hung out with the broken. He hung out with the unclean. He hung out with the sinners. He was even called a friend of sinners. He hung out with those people. 
But I want you also to understand is this. But he also sat down and had dinner or conversations with the Pharisees. If you look in this chapter, it says it in in this verse, in this chapter here, also in Luke chapter 11, as well as Luke chapter 14. Jesus sat down and had conversations with religious leaders. With the people who didn't really care about him. They didn't really, they were not interested in changing who he was or changing the situation. They were more about um, trying to find something negative about him. Trying to catch him doing something wrong. And maybe you had contact with people like that is this. is Maybe they don't really care anything about Jesus. Or maybe they're really not concerned about what God is doing in your life. But let me tell you something about this. is That when Jesus was around sinners, when Jesus was around the, the, the Pharisees and, the law and the, those people, he was still Jesus. Nothing changed in him. The people did not change who he was. He was still the same person. Even though they may not have wanted to heard the gospel, even though they were may not interested in hearing what God had to say or, or anything like that, he was still Jesus around them. And you may and, and I may contact, come in contact with people like that who don't really care to know anything about Jesus or to care to know anything about your life. But listen to me this morning. You're still called to be Jesus in front of them. Because you may never know when God may speak to them and say something to you. Just because you're around a Pharisee or just because you're around a sinner or a tax collector, you're still Jesus. You're still the same. Don't allow those people to change you and who you are. But Jesus was still Jesus even in the midst of those, uh, in the midst of those sinners. Luke chapter 19, verses 10, it says this, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. You see, Jesus didn't just come for the outcast. He didn't just come for the prostitute. He didn't just come for the sinner or the tax collector. You see, He came for those who had religious attitudes, who had religious spirits in their life. He came for everybody. He came for everybody in their life so that He could change them from the inside out. That's why He came. And here's what I love about that scripture in verse 36. It says this, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and he reclined at the table. Here's what I love about that that scripture. Jesus will go anywhere where he's invited. It doesn't matter the situation. It doesn't matter the household. It doesn't matter the person. If he is invited, he will go. You see, just because the Pharisees was trying to stop what he was doing, just because the Pharisees was trying to undo what Jesus was doing, did not stop him from going to his house. Why? Because he was invited to go and Jesus went. You see, sometimes we may invite people or, or, or say things to people and they may never show up, but, but they may show up one day. Why? Because you gave them an invitation. So Jesus was invited to go to the, this, the home of a religious person, a law abider, you know, someone that really wasn't cared about what Jesus was doing in his life. He was just trying to catch him in, in a wrong act. He cares about being invited to your house. You see, Jesus knew all about the Pharisees. He knew what they were up to. He knew what their schemes were about. He knew what they were trying to do in his life. But it did not stop him from going to the house. It didn't stop him from going. Why? Because he realized that it wasn't a waste of time. 
Because there may be a connection made between him and that person. So it wasn't a waste of time for Jesus to go. He viewed it as ministry and he viewed it as worshiping his father because his father called him to go. So it's not a waste of time for us to get into the presence or to go where God's called us to do because God may use you in those situations. You see, the the Pharisee was requesting Jesus to come into the house and to dine with him. That's a good thing. Because he was, maybe he wasn't interested in what Jesus had to say, but he brought him into the house. He brought him into the house. He made a connection with Jesus that day, and Jesus made a connection with him. We don't, we don't know if the story changed or if, if something happened in the man's life. We don't know, but we know that Jesus was invited and he was willing to go. You see, Jesus is willing to break bread and to wash feet even with people who are about to betray him. Jesus was willing to break bread and to have conversation with somebody who was about to betray him. Why? Because it wasn't going to be a waste of time because it was worship. And that's where you and I have to understand, even if they change or they don't change, even if they have aught against us or not, if God says go, we need to go. We need to listen to the voice of God and realize that, God, I'm just wasting my time. I've done this a thousand times, God. I've prayed that prayer a thousand times, God, and I don't see any change. I don't see any difference in their life. God, I'm just wasting my time. Listen, you're not wasting your time. Because you never know the moment where Jesus may show up and start changing the situation in that person's life. So it's never a waste of time. Here's what I love about it. Jesus was gracious enough to go looking for an opportunity to show someone his power and to transform their life. He was looking for an opportunity to share the power of God in this this life, in this situation. So Jesus never saw it as a waste. But if you look at verses 37 and verse 38, this is where things begin to change. This is where things begin to get a little interesting. And it says in verse 37, it says, A woman who in the town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. She came came there with an alabaster jar of perfume, and she stood behind him at his feet weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair. She kissed them and poured perfume on them. In the English Standard Version, it says, And behold, behold, when she, listen, when she came into the room, when she made entrance into the room, people noticed that she was there. Why? Because they knew who she was. They identified with who she was. Hey, that's a sinner. That's an unlawful woman. That's a lady who of the night. She's not good. What is she doing in this house? What is she doing here? You see, this wasn't a neighbor that just showed up or a poor person who just showed up. No, this was someone that was worse. She was a sinner. She was unclean. She was a prostitute. But what I love about the story is this. She wasn't invited to the party, but she showed up. Nobody gave her an invitation to come to the birthday party. Nobody came to give her an invitation to, to the Jesus party. You ever gave a party and somebody showed up that you didn't want them to be there? Right? And you're just like, how, how did they know? How did they, why, why are they here? I didn't send them an invitation. I didn't ask them. She showed up without an invitation. 
She showed up without an invitation. Nobody invited her. Nobody said, come to the house. This is what I love about that story is that this is when she heard Jesus was in town. She went home. She got herself all cleaned up. And she grabbed the very best that she had, which was in a little alabaster jar of perfume. And she headed out to meet Jesus. That's what I love about the story. She didn't care who was in the room. She didn't care if anybody invited her. She didn't care what was going on. All she wanted to do was get into the presence of God. And too many times, listen, too many times we try to clean people up before we ever get them in here. But God says, let them come as they are. Let me clean them up. Let me do the work in their life. You just bring them to church. But we want to clean them up. We want to try to do all these things in their life before they ever get to church. And Jesus says, just bring them into the house. Isaiah chapter 1, verses 18. It's not in your notes because this was added later. It says this, come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Through your, uh, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they will be like wool. You see, when you come into the presence of God, invited, invited or not invited... God can begin to work on that life. He takes that person, that, 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 that person that we see as a sinner, that person that we see as sometimes unclean or an outcast, God takes that person and he begins to deal with them on the inside and to change them. You see, verse 30 says this, or verse 38 says this. It says, as she stood behind him weeping, she began to wet her feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume over them. Here's a couple of things I want to tell you about this scripture this morning is this. Number one, she left everything at his feet. She left everything at his feet. I can't help but to think, but in that moment, that is she's standing there in the presence of God, is she standing there in the presence of Jesus, that she's having these flashbacks in her mind of the type of person that she was, that I'm no good. I, no, no one can love me. I've done all these terrible things. I've done all these, all these things in my life. How can anybody love me? How can anybody accept me? How can anybody care for me? All of these things are running it over and over and over in her, in her mind as I think about the story. But what I think about there is that she wasn't just crying, but the Bible says that she was weeping. There's a difference in crying and weeping. She was weeping. She was broken. She was crying so intently that there was so much water falling from her eyes on, on Jesus' feet. She was flooded with the reality of the kind of woman she was as she stood there weeping, overwhelmed with emotion, all the hardships, all the disappointments, all the words, all the hurt, all of these things that kept flooding through her mind over and over again as she stood there in the presence of Jesus and tears are just flowing down her face and falling on his feet. You see, every tear that fell from her eyes represented a moment in her life. Every tear that fell from her eyes represented a time in her life where she didn't feel good enough, where she didn't feel uh, uh, you know, loved or any of those things. Every tear falling from her eyes represented a certain time in her life. You see, if you look at that word uh, uh, wet in the Greek, it says this, the Greek word is, is brecho, which means rain. So listen, she's crying so much or she's weeping so much, it's like rain falling from her face. 
standing there in the presence of Jesus. And I guarantee you, if you asked her today, if she was able to come into that door and you can ask her this question, was that a waste of your time? I guarantee you she would tell you no. It wasn't a waste. It was my worship. It was what was on the inside of me. And I wanted what was on the inside to come out of me. She stood there crying. She left everything at his feet. Too many times, guys, God will move in our hearts and our lives and we will come to an altar or we will give it to God and we will, instead of leaving it at his feet, what do we do? We pick it up and carry it with us. We need, if we're going to leave it at his feet, let's leave it at his feet. That's what she did that day. She walked into a room full of religious people that really wasn't concerned with who she was. But she wasn't invited, but she says, you know what? I'm going anyway because I'm going to meet Jesus because I want my life to change. I want situations in my life to change. And so she stood there crying and weeping over his feet. First Peter chapter 5, verses 7, it says this. It says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Here's what I love about that story. She didn't care who was in the room. She didn't come to see anybody but Jesus. So all, this, all these voices that were probably being said about her as she's walking into the room. Can you just think about the story just for a moment? Just, it was so intense. And I think about Jesus, you know, at that time during culture, when they would sit around and they would have food and stuff, you know, they would lean back on one shoulder and they would lay back on the side and they would recline and they would eat. So as she's walking in, there's people noticing her. There may have been somebody in the room you get my drift. But she wasn't there to see anybody but Jesus. Listen to me this morning. I'm all about building relationships. I love relationships. I love building relationships with people. But when it comes to Jesus, when it comes to church, you know what? I go to see him. I love seeing you, and I hope you love seeing me. If you don't, I'm sorry. You're stuck with me. But I love seeing. I love being in his presence. I love worshiping with him. Why? Because I know who I used to be. And that when I worship God, if there's nobody else worshiping, if there's nobody else singing, guess what? It's not a waste of my time because it's my worship. I don't see it as waste. I see it as worship. And that's what she saw that day. Nobody else was doing anything. Nobody else was uh, noticing. Jesus was just hanging out. And she's just crying so much that the tears are falling on his feet. You see, at the same time in that culture, women would always wear their hair up. And if they wore it down, it was, means it was a sign of shame. So when she walked into the room, maybe her hair was up, I don't know. But she cried so much, guys, that she didn't have a towel. She didn't have a, a washcloth or, you may say it, a wash rag here in the South. I don't know. <laughs> I used to say rag, but now I try to say cloth. I don't, it just sounds better. She didn't have anything to dry his feet. Now think about it. It's, she's cried so much that there's probably a puddle of water standing by, right there by his feet, all over his feet. And the Bible says that she began to take her hair and she began to dry his feet with her hair. Think, think about that for a moment. Think about what the Pharisee was, was thinking as this was going on. She didn't care. She was focused on being in the presence of God. She was serving. Listen, she was serving God. It wasn't a waste of time. It was her worship. And then the Bible says that she had an alabaster box. And she broke it, and she poured it on his feet. If you look at the, if you look in the story in Matthew, Mark, and John, 
It says that the disciples said in Matthew chapter 26, it says when the disciples saw what was going on, they said this, this famous statement, why this waste? Why waste it? What are you doing? That doesn't make sense. Why would you take all your year's earnings? Why would you take everything that you've ever earned and pour it on his feet? Why would you do that? Why? Because I want to worship him. Because I want to give him my life. Because I want everything in my life to change. I want to give him everything that I am. So she had everything about that. Her whole livelihood, everything in that moment, she broke it open. She didn't care about it. She wasn't concerned how much it was. She broke it open and she poured it on his feet. When we come to church, when we follow Jesus, when we do those uh, certain things in our life, it's never a waste, but it's always worship. When she broke it and she broke it open and poured it on his feet, listen to me this morning, it's this. It was a symbol of her saying, God, I'm giving you everything. I'm not holding anything back. I'm giving you my very best. All that I have, I'm pouring it on your feet that day. I'm giving it to you. God, I'm going to worship you with my life. Number two is this. Somebody will always question you. Somebody will always question you. Look at verse 39. And when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself. Now, he didn't say it out loud, but he said it to himself. If this man were a prophet, he would know who's touching him and what kind of woman she is because she's a sinner. Somebody is always going to question you. You see, sometimes people are going to look at you and go, why did you do that? I thought you was a Christian. You, have, you ever had anybody say that to you? My favorite one is this. Why would you do that? I thought you was a pastor. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm flesh. But someone, he, the Pharisee sat there that day and he questioned what was going on. In that, in that room, he questioned Jesus. Listen, if you're a prophet, why would you allow this to happen? If you're such a great man, why would you allow this to happen? If, why would you, 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 you would know what kind of lady this is. You would know what kind of situation she's in. Why would you allow her to touch you? Why would you allow her to do this? Why? Because Jesus loved her. Jesus was current, concerned about her soul, not necessarily about the outside of her life. He was more concerned with what was happening on the inside than what was happening on the outside. Jesus had been quiet this whole time as this was going on. And then he says in verse 40, he speaks up and says this, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. You can almost hear the sarcasm in Simon's voice there. Tell me, oh great mighty one, what do you need to tell me this day? And then he begins to tell her about the situation in verse 41 through 43. I'm not going to read it to you. You can read it later. But here's the, understand something about that debt. You see, if the bank that holds your mortgage on your house called you tomorrow and said these famous words, you're late on your payment, it must mean that you don't have enough to pay it. And then they said this to you, forget it, you don't owe us anything. Right? Imagine after them saying that, you picking yourself up off the floor and then rejoicing, right? Why? Because that debt that you couldn't pay has now been paid in full. So in that moment, Jesus saw her life. He saw the weight of the world upon her shoulder. He understood what was going on in her life. And Jesus said to his father, I have to do something. She's in debt. She's hurting. So I'm willing to give my life for her. Just like he did you and I. You see, when, when that person takes the debt 
off of you on them. They still have to pay the debt. You may be free of it, but that person that takes the debt is now responsible for the debt, and they have to pay it. But now you're free. Same thing that Jesus did for me. I had the weight of the world on my shoulder. I had a debt that I couldn't pay. I had a debt that I couldn't get rid of. And Jesus looked at his heavenly father and says, listen, I love him enough that I'm willing to go down the cross to take his debt off of him, something that he can't pay. I'll pay it. I'll pay it. So in that, in that moment, when religious people look at you and say, why, or, or anybody looks at you and say, why the waste? Why do you do this? Why do you do all these things in your life? Understand, they don't, again, they don't know what's happening on the inside of you. You know that there was a debt that you couldn't pay, and Jesus paid it. That's why you do the things that you do. Jesus looked at her so intently in the eyes and just... For a moment, I can't imagine what was going on there in that situation. Shelby, I want to ask you to come on up this morning. He was taking the dead off of her life. He was removing the weight of this world that was sitting on her shoulders. He was removing it from her life. You see, sometimes the weight of sin that is so heavy on our life, we can't carry it. Sometimes we can't get rid of it. We don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. And sometimes we don't even know what to say sometimes. But I love what this lady did when she, she was so burdened, she was so broken, that she walked into the presence where, God was, or where Jesus was sitting. She didn't say anything. She just stood there and cried. You see, we don't always have to say something. We don't always have to say the coolest Christianese words. We just have to be us. That's what the world needs to see, guys. They need to see the real us, not the fake us. You see, Sunday morning, sometimes we come in and we put on the, the Jesus us. But Monday through the week, it's, it's us us that we put on. Listen, people are looking for people who are real and authentic, just like they are. They mess up. They make mistakes. That's what they're looking for. And when people question you, when people look at you and go, why the waste? Here's what you say. It's not waste. I'm just worshiping my Lord. I'm just worshiping Jesus. You see, the last thing is this. Jesus always brags on you. Jesus will always brag on you. He will always tell his father, look what they're doing. Look how they're living. They're they're changing. They're doing different things. They're acting different. They're speaking different. all, All these things are changing in their life. He brags on them. Verse 44 through verse 48, it says this. Then he turned toward the woman and he said to Simon, Now understand that for a moment. He's looking at the woman, but he's talking to Simon. And he says these famous words. Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You didn't even give me water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't even give me a kiss. But this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil, pour oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. And then Jesus says to her, your sins are forgiven. 
Jesus looks at Simon and he's bragging on her. Simon, this isn't even your house. She wasn't even invited here, but look what she's doing. Look how she's worshiping me. When I came in, you didn't even greet me. You didn't even wash my feet, which is a custom during that time because their feet were so filthy. There was a servant that would wash their feet. That didn't even happen. No, nobody washed his feet. Nobody did anything except for her. In that moment, he was bragging on her. Look, he was, this is what he was saying, Simon, this is what you need to be like. This is who you need to be like. You didn't even welcome me. You didn't even love on me. You didn't even do anything for me. But here's this woman that, was, that wasn't even invited to the party. Look what she's done. Look what she's done, Simon. See her in her humility, giving up everything. It was her time of worship. Her life was, listen, her life was changing in that moment. Her life was changing. God was doing something in her life. God is the only one who can ever change your life. There's not a pastor that can ever change your life. There's not a family member that can ever change your life. Only God can change your life. Only God can deal with the things in your life. And in that moment, what are you going to do? Are you going to consider it wor- uh, are you going to consider it a waste of time? Or are you going to consider it a time of worship? To where in that moment, you give God everything. You don't hold on to nothing, just like she did. She just poured it out on his feet and began to worship him. Jesus looked at her and says, your, son, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. It's not waste. Let me say that again. It's not waste. It's worship. So please, listen to me this morning. Never think of coming to church as a waste because it's not. It's not a waste. She showed up that day and things changed for her. Jesus Jesus just sat there and watched this, this happen. And then he looks at her and says, your sins are forgiven. It's over. That debt, that heaviness that you came in here with. Because I'm sure that, that probably knowing who she was, she probably, when she walked into the room, she probably wasn't making eye contact with people because she was ashamed of who she was. So she's probably walking in like this, looking at the, looking at the floor, not trying to make eye contact with anybody, just trying to get where Jesus was because she was shameful. But in that moment, all I can think about is this. That Jesus looks at her and he takes her by the chin and he lifts her face up and he looks at her and he says, your sins are forgiven. The debt that you came in here with, it's now mine. Go and sin no more. It's not waste, it's worship. Thank you once again for joining us at Legacy Church. Stay tuned in to our website for updates on events and check out other messages under the online listening tab. We'd love to see you, so join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Have a blessed day.